tried to beat it. I didn't beat it. All right. You guys ready? We're talking about prayer. We're in the middle of the book. Um, before I start, I just wanted to, um, it just popped into my head. Sometimes it's nice to know if you give to the church where the money goes sometimes. So the last week we had two Venezuelan families just show up in Taylor and Allison's backyard and slept there for the night. And so we ended up going in the, through the, your giving. The blessing team was able to put them both up in hotel rooms for the week. Just allow them a little bit of breathing room. There was a three-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old who'd walked, you know, a mile or a month and a half to get here, six days through the desert with these, or not desert, jungle of Colombia and Panama. Um, so thank you for giving, and that's some of the, some, some of where your money goes when you do that. I thought that's, I always like to know that when I'm in the church, so for what it's worth. Um, you know, Father Thomas DeBay, one of my favorite pr- talkers on prayer, he says, you know, the first thing about prayer is living the gospel generously. If you want to pray well, then living the gospel generously is a prerequisite for it to go well. And so we're trying to do that as best we can around here, right? Um, let's start with Matthew 6, verse 5. Um, Jesus talks about prayer. He knows a little bit about it, so we'll start with him. And when you pray... You must not be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites is like actors or pretenders. For they love to stand in the synagogue and in the street corners, that they may be seen by everybody else, by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. He's not saying they don't get a reward, but what they're doing is they're praying, and they're not really praying to him. They're praying so people will see them and think, hey, he's a spiritual guy. He's a guy who's really good at prayer or something like that. That's what they want from it. And so they get that from it, and God gives that to them. But... That's kind of where it stops, it seems. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And your father, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. There's something very intimate about doing something with someone that no one else knows about. You have something between the two of you that's just between the two of you. And that's very special. I mean, we've all been there. You know, there's certain... Uh, but with the Lord, that's what he's after. He's like, I want a relationship with you that's just between the two of us. There's an intimacy that comes along with that. Um, and then we go on, Jesus goes on. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And what he's not saying here is, hey, don't ask me, I already know. Uh, He loves to talk to us about anything, all the time. Um, And so if we have a need, bring it to him. He loves to hear our voice. Um, However, there's a history here of the Gentiles or the pagans um, saying these words over and over and over again. We see it all the way going back to the time where Elijah was confronting the prophets of Baal in the Old Testament. You know, they built these altars and they put oxes on it. And he... Elijah was like, all right, you guys go first to see which God is going to take this sacrifice. And the way you know that God takes the sacrifice is it catches on fire. Um, And so they're babbling all the kind of thing, um, and they're hitting themselves. But the mindset was, and let's not judge this because we have the same mindset a lot of times. Their mindset was, if we say the right words in the right order or the right amount of times in the right way, then it somehow unlocks some combination and God, the, the God will be like, okay, you did it right. So what Jesus is correcting here is that, what that is, is that's seeing a God who's waiting for you to do it right, to give you himself or to give you what you want, right? 
That's what Jesus is correcting. We see God like this all the time. I know I do. Um, But what he's saying, don't do that. There's no combination. God's not waiting for you to do it right. He knows what you need and wants to give that to you. Okay? All right. So that's what he's talking about there. So don't be like them. Your father knows what you need. So let's talk about prayer. Um, I'm going to use the same. um, You've seen this one before from me. Uh, It's one of my favorite quotes on prayer. If you want to pray, pray. For God gives prayer to the one who prays. And that sounds like the most frustrating thing you've ever heard, right? If you want to pray, pray. God will give you prayer because you're praying, right? But it's very true. (laughs) Here's the thing. There's not some formula to crack when it comes to prayer. There's not a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it. If you pray, basically, if you show up, I'm going to be there. If you show up, I'll teach you how to pray, right? That's what it's saying. If you want to pray, well, then pray. It's not a mystery. (laughs) There's a thousand books on how to do it, different ways to do it, all this kind of thing. But it's talking to God. That's all you need to know to start off, right? If you want to pray, well, just pray. Go into your room, close the door, and pray. And God will give prayer to those who pray. There's another way to say this. Some people say it like this. If you want to pray, pray. For God gives himself to the one who prays. And this isn't a new concept. This Evagoras of Pontus was like third century, back way back in the day, um, a long, long, long time ago, around the time of Origen and those guys. Uh, similar, um, in the Desert Fathers, you'll hear about a guy named Abba Moses. Abba Moses, I'm bypassing lots of really fun stories about him because of time, but really fun to, to read about Abba Moses. But a uh, brother went to ask Abba Moses um, for a word of advice on living the monastic life. And Moses replies, go, sit in your cell, and your cell will teach you all things. Um, A cell is a room, basically. That's where we get, like, jail cell and those kind of things. Just a room where you go into. It sounds a lot like Jesus, right? Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret, right? Go into your cell, and your cell will teach you all things. Not that there's anything special about your cell or your room, anything like that. But when you show up, the Holy Spirit will meet you and teach you how to pray. So it's not about having the right prayer book or the right formula. There's no combination to do. There's no right way or wrong way. But when you show up again and again consistently in your room, in your, when it's just you and him, he is going to teach you how to pray. It's a guarantee. That sounds good, right? All right. So I want to introduce, instead of going into like This is one way to pray. This is another way to pray. This is another way to pray. And teaching things like that, I just want to give maybe a different, like, perspective on what it looks like, what the prayer conversation looks like. And I just want to um, posit to you, prayer is a date. Um, Yeah, let's put that in our mind. Um, (laughs) This one guy Liz went out with um, uh, once, well, Liz is my wife, and this was before me. (laughs) It's not recently. She didn't go out with him recently. But um, before me, uh, Liz had this date with this guy, and she told me about it. And he showed up um, for the date with a, like a spinner, like a, one of these guys. And on each one of the colors, he had a different um, thing that they do on a date. You know, whether it be go out to dinner here or putt-putt golf or things like that. And I thought, that's a great idea. That's super fun. Um, So she spun the wheel, and they did that thing that they ended up on a date with. And so when we think of prayer, I think 
that's a, that's a pretty good um, way to think about it, somebody who really wants to be with you. So let's just put ourselves in this scenario. I want you, in your mind, just think, who is one person that you would really, really love to spend time with? Could be someone that you don't know, a celebrity, someone from history, any kind of thing like that. But um, can you think of somebody? All right. All right, that person. Now, you didn't hear this from me, but I overheard that person saying that they really wanted to hang out with you, right? They said they just they thought you were delightful and just would love to spend some time with you. So that's some good news. So let's do this. That person called and left you a voicemail. That may already tell you that that person's too old because only old people use voicemails, is what my, my niece and nephews tell me. Um, but that person called and left you a voicemail saying, hey, I'd really like to spend some time with you. Um, I've always just admired you from afar. That'd be really fun, right? So this is what we do. So what do I do? Do I text them back or do I call them or do I just go to their door? I don't know. Um, and then if I'm with them, what, what, if, what if he texts me back? Or do I play it cool? Um, do I try to be funny? Do I want to, I don't want to act too thirsty with this person? Or what if they do answer? What if they don't answer? And what do I say? And then should I be serious or should I be funny? Should I avoid certain topics? Or is there like, should I not be trying to try to be too negative? Um, I don't want to seem too eager. I'm trying to play it cool. So keep in mind, this person really, really likes you already and wants to be with you. And they don't just really care. They don't care about any of the things that you're going to do or how you're going to act. They already like you. They just want to be with you. So they show up at your house with a spinner, just like Liz's date did back in the day. All right, they tell you, you are amazing. I've heard all these things. I've watched your life. I really like who you are. And I'm so excited to get to spend some time with you just to be a part of who you are. And they say they don't really care what we're going to do. I just like, I just want to be with you. So, so they tell you to spin the wheel, and let's just do something. It doesn't really matter. Are you following this analogy? <laughs> God is the person who really, really likes you, wants to be with you, right? He wants time with you together, and just, to, just with the two of you. I mean, he likes time in community like this when we're all together, when we're worshiping, when we're praying, when we're learning. He loves that too, but he also loves the time just the two of you. You are the one being pursued in this Scenario, And this is a true scenario, just so you know. If you need some scriptural backing, one of my favorite is Song of Solomon 2. Um, Show me your face and let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Will you guys just say that with me? Show me your face and let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. This is something just to have memorized in your heart or where you pray, write it down somewhere in that. This is something in my prayer when I just can't, don't seem to be getting anywhere or I'm distracted or I just feel like I'm just failing at it. I just I say, God, here's my face and here's my voice. You seem to like it for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to give it to you because it's what you want, Right? Because prayer is about him and what he's getting out of it, not only what I'm getting out of it, right? Um, so it's nice to have that in my back pocket, and I use it a lot, honestly, when I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere or somehow doing it wrong. So spin the wheel. What do you want to do? Are you hoping for a specific date? <laughs> and this could be just different types of prayer or whatever. But here's where we get weird 
God shows up and he's, he's so excited to be with us. But then the immediate thing that comes to our mind is, what if I get it wrong? Right? What if I do it wrong? What if I pray wrong? Um, we refuse to spin the wheel sometimes because we're afraid somehow we're going to get it wrong or it might land on something that we're not good at. So I just want to ask you a question. Do you think he cares if you're good at it? Yeah. I, I, a better question, do you even think he understands, can even picture what it would mean to be bad at, at prayer? I mean, from his perspective, um, we're little, we're dumb, we're, uh, we're creations. Um, but to, for us to think that we could be good at it, it's, um, I'm married to Liz, and Liz is a spectacular human being. She's wonderful. Um, and so for her to think on a, in the middle of a date to say, I'm really bad at this date, aren't I? Like, there's no way you could be bad at this because you're you, and I'm with you, and you are amazing, and I love you, right? So you can't be bad at something if you're there and you're yourself, if the person who's with you loves you that much. And that's prayer. There's no way you can be bad at it. He thinks you're delightful. That's true. In fact, so much so that you could be doing something as uh, crazy as like, or unfun is like training for an ultra marathon in the sleet, right? But he's with you, so he's having a ball. He doesn't, it doesn't matter to him at all. So that is what prayer is. Sometimes it's really painful, but you're with him. And he's happy the whole time. So I'd love to be able to step into some of that happiness with him, right? And I'm definitely so much preaching to myself right now because I'm, I'm in the midst of this as, by thinking I'm bad at it. I'm a person who spent a lot of time doing this, and I just consider myself really, really bad at it. Lately, I've been really struggling to kind of quiet my mind and stop thinking about things. And I was hoping that through all this practice that I've had at it, I would, when something, a time like this came up in my life, I'd be, I'd be able to quiet it, and I'm not. And so I feel like I'm failing <laughs> right now. Um, Real-time confession to all of you. But when I take a step back, if I can fail at prayer, then prayer is about me. But prayer isn't about me. Prayer is about us. It's him and me. And if I'm showing up, there's no, way to, there's no way to fail at it, right? Because if I show up as me, he's happy. So I feel foolish because uh, all he wants to do is be with me. And if there's stuff in my mind, he wants to talk about it with me. So I, just putting it away is uh, not always productive. And so I, I start to focus my mind on my distractions and all this stuff. I'm, talk, I'm thinking about how me being good or bad at prayer, which means nothing. While the person who loves me and wants to be with me and sit with me or talk to me or listen to me or all that kind of thing is just waiting for me to stop beating myself over here by myself for not doing it right. Does this sound familiar to you guys? There's this, am I the neurotic one in the room? Um, so God waits as we freak out about, this, about spinning this wheel and doing it wrong. So the person that wants to love me and hang out with me, he doesn't care about the spinner or where it stops. He's just happy to be there. So God, forgive me for thinking you're someone who's waiting for me to get it right so that something you'll give yourself to me. You're already giving yourself to me. If I thought Bo, my seven-year-old son, was always anxious around me or was avoiding me because, I, because he was scared he might do something wrong, um, that would just devastate me. And I hope I'm not that kind of father. And I know that he's not that kind of father to us. He's better than that. 
His love for us is more unconditional than that. And his love for you is greater than that. So as long as we show up and we're honest, we're doing the best that we can because he loves the actual us. Um, we're in this book, and you guys are going to start reading in this next chapter about showing up in honesty through confession and being exactly who you are, not pretending to be someone else. So if there's one way to screw up prayer, it's to show up. All right, we have already won there. But then if we try to convince him that we're somebody that we're not, that's the kind of way to just, to use a Stephen word, arrest what he's doing there, being transformed into his image, right? Um, So what happens when we show up in dishonesty is, It usually starts with, we think that he's waiting for us to give it right. We have an image of him that's not true, right? And so we create an image of ourselves that's not true to impress that image of him that's not true. Let's just cut all that out, right? (laughs) Let's just show up who we are in confession. Lord, I, I, you know, this is something my heart moves in this way when I hear this thing. And I just confess that to you. This is who I am. I'm not good at this. I'm decent at this. These are all true things. Um, So when we show up to him... He loves the real you, the real me, the true me, the true you. So let's be that guy when we show up or that girl when we show up. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I give the simplest quotes. If you want to pray, pray. Um, go into your cell, your cell will teach you all things. I'm going to end with another simple quote, but here you go. Ready? Pray as you can, not as you can't. <laughs> it's another very true, it's very simple but sometimes we'll pick up a book on some mystic and be like, whoa, this, this, this person's in the sixth mansion and he prays this way. And so I sit down and I try to pray that way. Well, I'm not in the sixth mansion, so that doesn't work for me. So I beat myself up again. So, hey, if you pray with a list of the people that you're praying for, do that. If all you know is now I lay me down to sleep, do that. Pray as you can. It progresses as we continue to show up. Go into your cell. Your cell will teach you everything. If you want to pray, pray. But when you do, just pray as you can. Start where you are. Don't pretend to be something else or try to be somebody that you perceived as higher or lower or whatever. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's end with a practice. Um, If you want to put your feet on the floor, get in a comfortable position. It helps me to close my eyes because I'm just very distracted by everything around me. I want you to picture yourself sitting in your home alone. And if you're a person with kids, that's a very pleasant already. And you hear a knock on your door. I want you to just picture yourself walking to the door and opening the door to find God with a huge smile on his face and a spinner in his hand. I want you to focus on his eyes and the joy that he has of seeing you. Now pleased he is that you open the door. I want you to picture yourself taking the spinner and giving it a big spin. And as it spins, I want you to look up and see his face. 
and see his eyes not looking at the spinner at all because he's completely unconcerned with it, but looking at you. Lord, we are thankful. You're not looking for us to do anything right when we pray. You're just looking to be with us. Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus that we could show up as our true self, and that we could see you as who you are and the love that you have for us and your excitement just to be with us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to enter into us so that we can see more clearly this truth. In the name of Jesus, amen.